Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. No. He said good morning from Phoenix, Arizona, where it will hit 90 degrees today. Uh, Listen, Tom, be very grateful that you are the age that you are and you have the ability to be in Phoenix because, quite frankly, it's all I can think about right now. How about that? Do you know how many snowbirds are stuck up here right now for whatever reason, not being able to get out of Canada into the warm locales? November's like the worst month to be stuck here. Yep, yep, yep. At least by January, February, you're used to it. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is Happy Monday, and welcome to a brand new week, everybody. It is episode number 407 of Canada's Daytime Sports Talk Show. It's our last week of only one hour on Game Plus TV. Beginning next week, we go to two hours live daily across all 10 provinces and 31 states. RP here, the birthday boy Darren DuPont here. He doesn't want you to know how old he is. He was born in 1987, so figure it out. Happy birthday, Moose. Thank you. We're having the biggest birthday party you've ever had tonight for you. This is wonderful. I love it. A socially distanced uh, event, which is going to be fantastic. Okay, so we're we're jumping right into this. In hour one, when we were on digital only, we had Will Blackman with us, formerly of the NFL Network, 12 years in the NFL, and one game with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and he told the whole salacious behind-the-scenes story of that. You're going to want to go back and watch it. But this hour, Arash Madani with us from uh, Rogers Sportsnet and from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati, Mo Egger, the guy that ripped me a new one Friday afternoon on his drive-time show on the all-sports station in Cincinnati for me daring to rip the Cincinnati Bengals for their uh, new jerseys and how I said they're just trying to distract their fans because they're so bad. Well, Mo Egger's going to come back here in this hour and uh, face the music, if you will. But anyway, we got there's so much going on. Let's jump right into the Quick Six Show topics, please. And thank you, Director Jordan. Number one, Super Bowl 55 is set. It's two weeks away. It's going to be Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. For a second straight year, it's an all-red Super Bowl. Both teams are red. That's point number one because there's so many things to dovetail off that, including point two. Sunday's NFC and AFC conference games went this way. Tampa Bay spanked Green Bay. Well, they didn't spank him. They held on and held off Green Bay 31-26. And a very entertaining game. 8,500 fans allowed at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. An inexplicable decision by the Packers coach, I felt, cost them the game with two minutes to go to kick a field goal down eight. He did, I, I felt they just raised the white flag in the game. Never bet against Tom. Never bet against Tampa. And away they go. And in the other game, I didn't watch as much of it. I had to budget my sports watching time on Sunday. Happy wife, happy life, don't you know? Yes. So we were watching Yellowstone and some Netflix shows while Kansas City was whomping the Bills 38-24 in a game that everybody expected that outcome. So now it's become Kansas City-Tampa Bay in Super Bowl 55. The Buccaneers, the first team to ever to appear in a Super Bowl in their own stadium, which is amazing. It's Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl appearance, 
So if you do the math, this is Super Bowl 55. Tom's been in 10 of them. He's been in 18% of all Super Bowls, and I'm still not getting sick of them. I know a lot of people are, but I'm not, and I think this is a hell of a story. How could you? You know, how could you get sick? I mean, I get it. You look at the game. Now, Green Bay didn't lose because of a missed penalty. They didn't lose because they played the wrong defense at the end of the first <laughs> half. They didn't lose because of the fourth down conversion, right? It's a collective throughout the game. Even when they were down 21-10 going into the half, they still had opportunities. And, and people looked at Tom Brady having such a bad game. He had three touchdown passes in the first half. And the interceptions, three of them, I mean, the one was off Mike Evans' fingertips. That took points off the board because they were ready to score. But the others, I mean, he was throwing them up on third down. And if you noticed, when he's making that throw, it's deep. It's a prayer shot. It's third down. And Green Bay is forced to start in their own 25. So it's no different than a punt. What does he think? He's in the CFL that he, you can just put a ball up? Exactly. And, oh, but it's not like he's, you know, making bad decisions. I mean, he knows what down it is. He knows they're punting on the next down anyway, you know, throw it up. And it's disappointing. But Green Bay didn't capitalize on any of them. I think six points off of three turnovers. It's nothing, right? So it was a collection there. But if Tom Brady can win the Super Bowl in Tampa at 43, leaving a franchise you know, that's had so much success coming to this, you know, tropical location, a team that hasn't had any, it might be his greatest accomplishment of his career. I really think Rod's so. rant for Bronco plumbing and heating usurped by the birthday boy, Darren Moose DuPont. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. 2.3. What's with the crowds? Our American viewers will have no idea what I'm talking about, but our Canadian viewers know exactly what I'm talking about. And I was just stirring it up a little bit on Twitter on Sunday saying, hell of a crowd in Green Bay. Science different down there? Because we've had no crowds for 10 months at any sporting events in Canada. NHL, there's been no CFL, wiped it off the mat. No university sports, no junior hockey. No, 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 no. Yet in America, they can? What, what's different? And at the very least, people were very respectful in going after me on Twitter. We had some somewhat reasonable debates back and forth. And all that I'm pointing out is there's another way to look at how to handle the virus. No, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. But there's other ways to look at this. That's all. And the point is, what's with the crowds? Point four, the NHL Sunday. (laughs) 11 games in the National Hockey League on conference final Sunday in the NFL. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people were bitching that there was, why are you playing all these games when it's the final four in the NFL? And I'm thinking, aren't we a bunch of princesses? We're lucky to have sports at all, and now they're complaining about the scheduling of it. That's the way I'm looking at it. But the Oilers beat the Jets on a last-second goal, less than a second, as some Jets fans have pointed out, to be exact. Leafs won in Calgary. Break up the Leafs. <laughs> Jumbo Joe was out. Did they have Austin back for that? Yeah. They did, right? And they, they still won. And he, still, yeah. and he scored, yeah. Penguins won. Ducks won. Golden Knights won. The number one team in the NHL is Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights. And there's one game tonight. It's uh, Ottawa at Vancouver. Point five, the line A deal. They're still talking about it in Winnipeg. We had a lot of Jets fans writing in an hour one. 
You know we're very big in Winnipeg. Our ratings show us that. Yes. So I got to spend a minute or two on the Jets trading Patrick Laine. We got to the bottom of it with Brian Munz. You folks in Winnipeg watching have known Munzee a long time. Long-time Jets broadcaster. We did an Instagram live story with him on Saturday, and he said last week, Line A being held out of the uh, Senator, or the Jets lineup against the Senators, he was legitimately hurt. There wasn't anything going on behind the scenes. He's just unhappy with his role. He's not the first. He won't be the last. It wasn't going to work, so now he's going to Columbus for fellow disgruntled forward Pierre-Luc Dubois, and it's been bothering me literally since Friday morning. Since I was on TSN Radio in Winnipeg, TSN 1290, when I said Pierre-Luc Dubois is soft. And I didn't mean that he's, he's playing soft. He's not soft. Historically, he's not soft. Led the Blue Jackets in scoring last year. A point a game in the playoffs. But they're getting a guy that needed to change the scenery. You had to give up a guy that needed to change the scenery and wanted one. Write this down, Darren. In life, in order to get something... Invariably, you have to give something up. Were you, were you aware of that? Yeah. Sit back and think about any time that you've acquired something you really want, you've had to give something up. That's right. It's the concept of a trade, and to declare a winner in this is far, far, far too early. I hope for the Jets' sake it's them, but they look pretty darn good without line A anyways. Even if, yeah, even if Line A goes and puts up all the points and maybe wins a Maurice Rocket Richard trophy and everything else... It doesn't mean that they lost the trade, that Winnipeg lost the trade, or that it was a bad trade to make. When you have disgruntled people in your organization and you can bring somebody else in who wants to play, right. it's a win. It's a, no, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Um, point six, Randy Ambrosi's letter to fans. Just to go back to Friday afternoon, the commissioner of the CFL sent out a letter to the CFL fans. It was warm. I find Randy to be quite warm. I like him. That's not a secret to anybody. And he said they're determined to play in 2021. They're optimistic that they're going to play. And I think some of the wording of the letter is, we're checking in on you. Thanks for wondering about us, but we're wondering if you're okay. That's from the commissioner of the Canadian Football League. Now, that was going to be part of my CFL report, but then this came out today in the CFL. And I'm not just talking about the Argos signing former Pittsburgh Steeler Martavius Bryant wideout. No, this it's got nothing to do with what Pat's saying. Oh, oh, you're putting it up to go with mine? Okay. Well, I'm reading this from three down. It's possible that Scott Milanovic's era will be coming to an end in Edmonton before it even really began. Former CFL quarterback and assistant coach Marcus Brady was named the Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator last week, and the team is rumored to be looking at Milanovic as a potential assistant. And where did this come from? NFL insider Jason Lackenfora tweeting this morning with the Colts having openings on their offensive staff. Can't help but wonder if Frank Reich takes a look at Edmonton head coach Scott Milanovic, whom he hoped to hire in the past. Very well thought of quarterback guy, worked previously in Jacksonville. Smart dude. So wouldn't that be something? Scott Milanovic has been the head coach of Edmonton for over a year. And he's never coached a game. I know. Because we had him on a year ago from the CFL Winter Congress in Mont Tremblay, Quebec. And, and he's probably going to the NFL, by the way. I would think. This doesn't, I don't think this is speculation out of anywhere. So it's just interesting. It goes back to point three. Like you got 
the commissioner's sending out a warm and fuzzy letter. We're saying we're confident we're going to play. And then you got this. A stink bomb dropped on the CFL on a Monday morning that if, if you're Milanovic, who incidentally had Brady on his staff with the Argos, this is a whole paying it forward kind of thing. Football's a small world kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't speak well for the Canadian Football League today. That you're gonna, cause you don't want to lose Scott Milanovic's, but he's sitting there going, we don't even know if we're going to play. Back to point three. Yeah. Why the hell wouldn't I go to the NFL with the Colts? I know, right? This yeah. is the. It's not, none of this is the. None of this is the CFL's fault. By the way, I just want to make that clear. No, it's not the CFL's fault. It's not Scott Milanovic's fault nope. either, right? I mean, this is another opportunity for him. And what are you going to do? Not go and then stay and then you don't play, and then you wish you would have went. Yeah, it's a real tough spot to be in. It's a tough spot to be in, and I don't think we can put any blame here. Uh, in this situation, it's a tough one to assign blame. No, other than whomever, you know, whatever the controls are to <laughs> wipe sports off the map in Canada for a year, yeah. probably a year and a half, two years. So I get that people don't understand or, sorry, don't agree with my pro sports stance. I'm just pointing out the perspective of America, and at least we're having some somewhat mature discussions about it, not monkey crap fights on Twitter like most other people. Yeah. I'm just saying there's another way to look at this. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says can't blame Milanovic for this, but it is another black eye for the CFL. Well, I want to say, again, it's not the CFL's fault that they're not playing. That's all that I'm pointing out. doesn't make them look good, but it's not their fault. Uh, point, an extra point was Karel Sopotic of the Kamloops Blazers is in hospital life-altering injuries from a snowboarding incident over the weekend. I was speaking with scouts this morning on him just to get the proper pronunciation of his name, and the scouts have told me it's Sopotic. Western Hockey League sending out a news release, a statement, on uh, thoughts and prayers with Carell. A GoFundMe has been started up by his teammate, Connor Zeri, who was on Canada's World Junior Team, plays with him in Kamloops. Connor's a Saskatoon kid, so you might want to check that out if you can. I just wanted to acknowledge Karel Sapotic. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why they call it accidents. My kids go snowboarding all the time. They've been asking me to go snowboard, snowboarding. I'm like, I don't do that stuff anymore, guys. I'm sorry. It's dangerous. It can be dangerous. And I'm not 20-something where I don't heal as fast as you guys. Right? Right. So I, but that's why they call it accidents. You're not going to stop them from snowboarding. And right, you probably shouldn't. You shouldn't. Right? It's not about that. Um, it's an accident. And accidents happen, and they're unfortunate. And, you know, we wish him the best, and, and hopefully he can... Uh, That's why I said. Yeah. That's why they call them accidents. That's right. Uh, the rock star of the day on Friday, by the way, was Jeff Reinbold. And what an absolute treat this dude is. Just an absolute treasure in the CFL, Jeff Reinbold. So there will be some competition for today's rock star of the day for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. Will Blackman, last hour from the NFL Network, 12-year NFLer, one game as a rider, and he let it fly on Chris Jones. Arash Madani coming in next, and then Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati. And, and because of Mo, it's in honor of Mo and also Pat McAfee that today's poll question is, has to do with him. A little off the board with the poll question today for Capital Auto Mall, Universal Collision Center. 
When you think of RP, you think of blank. Voice of the Riders, host of the RP show, some guy in Canada or other. What are they saying on Facebook, dupes? Uh, host of the RP shows moved up 52%. 52% saying uh, that, host of the RP show on Facebook. That means I'm slightly doing my job, right? That we've removed, <laughs> that we're moved on from Voice of from the, the Riders. From the last job. Just well, barely. The Twitter people, you people on Twitter. Not, not so fast to move on. 54% leading the poll saying voice of the riders. Pat McAfee referred to me as some guy in Canada. Took it, the state fair football, as a shot. And now Mo Egger of Cincinnati ESPN 1530 saying, some dude in Canada is making fun of the Bengals jerseys, and I'm going to rip them apart, which he did Friday on his show. And now Mo's going to come join us on our program later on here. I'm, our, exci- I'm excited. Our, a lot of people are. A lot of people are. So get your eggs ready for Mo Egger. This has been the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Come in and warm up at the Four Seasons. You're home for the National Football League. When we come back, Sportsnet's Arash Madani and longtime friend of this show. You're watching on Game Plus TV across all 10 provinces and 31 states, live daily on YouTube, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back to the program, everybody, on this Monday. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues. Let's dive right into the pool and bring him in. Our good friends, Sportsnet's Sarash Badani, one of Canada's top reporters. You see that beside his name all the time. Joining us today from the Big Smoke. How you doing, Arash? I'm doing well, Rod. I don't understand. How do you pick the field goal? <laughs> okay. That is jumping right into the deep end. Matt, Laf- that was raising the white flag. Was it not at the end of that game? I thought it was. It's, I just don't understand it, Rod. I mean, I've, I've gone over it. I've thought about it. It's not the reason that you know, Green Bay lost the game. The touchdown of Scotty Miller right before the half, brutal, terrible coaching. Uh, three Tom Brady second-half picks. Green Bay gets six points off of it. Uh, that's usually when... Uh, Number 12 in that he who shall not be named usually puts his foot on the gas pedal. But, Rod, you need a touchdown. Even after kicking the field goal, you still need a touchdown. So why not go for it? Why not have a third and a fourth down play? And even if you don't get it, you pin Tampa, whose offense has sputtered for the entire second half, inside their own 10-yard line, and you still have four timeouts with a two-minute warning. It makes no sense. Straight coach speak in the news conference after for Matt LaFleur when he said, I regret it because it didn't work. Kind of sounded a little Kevin Cash-esque. They all say the same thing when it doesn't work. Uh, what else is he going to say? Um, I, I thought Rodgers threw his coach under the bus. It was so, it was so fascinating because Rodgers said, I made the play call on third down. And he said, I didn't think if I ran it, I was going to get there because JPP was chasing him down. But he said, if I knew we were going to kick the field goal on fourth, he said, I thought we had four downs to work with. Maybe I changed my mind. What a feel. You know, Belichick, Roddy, always talks about situational football. 
the Packers were awful in situational football. There's no doubt. So Super Bowl 55, you would normally be at it. I can't assume that you're going this year with the COVID situation, and, and which is a shame, by the way, because what a story this is, Chiefs, Bucks in Tampa. Yeah, I saw something today. Um, let me just bring this up, Roddy, because I thought this really... Uh, I thought this really captured it well. Brady versus Mahomes in 2002. Tom was 24. <laughs> Patrick was six. Uh, Tom already had a Super Bowl uh, title under his belt, and Patrick was in uh, kindergarten. So uh, without going too far down the rabbit hole, if KC had their two tackles, uh, Eric Fisher out with an Achilles, and you know they've been without assembly for most of the season. But we saw yesterday... Losing David Bakhtiari finally caught up with Green Bay. JPP first, and then Shaq Barrett just brought pressure. And if if not for those injuries to the tackles, I would say KC by three or four scores in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I've got by, but the, that's not the case. And I've got Tom and the Bucks by seven. That's my prediction on that. Do you have a quick Ooh. one before I move on? Still KC by three scores. Okay, okay, which is what it is. Three point five, I think, this morning. <laughs> Or even last night they were yeah. installed. Listen, you know our staff around here is a bunch of young men. Here, here was the, here's what they were all excited about. Arash interviewed Conor McGregor. Right. What was that like? You know, Roddy, I have been doing this for a long time, as have you. Um, you interview people every day. I can't remember a better showman and a better marketer that I've encountered than Conor McGregor. I mean, he absolutely sells the sizzle and understands the whole shooting match, what he's, what he's there for. UFC 257 from Saturday night was on track to be the second largest pay-per-view buy in UFC history. It was about to be a top three or top four combat pay-per-view of the, of the 2000s. McGregor understands exactly what he's doing in these interviews, and he brings it. And that was that was really neat. Um, I'm not an MMA guy. I felt like I was back in college cramming for a final exam the night before interviewing Connor for you know eight or nine hours digging into his deal. But um, he's an awesome interview. <laughs> what did you find yourself pulling for him Saturday night, by the way, which the pundits expected a 30 to 60 second knockout for McGregor. And he ends up being knocked out in the second round by Poyer. Well, I, uh, I may have made an investment opportunity of McGregor to win in the first round at plus 160. So I was after the first round when he didn't win, uh, didn't matter to me. No cheering in the press box. <laughs> Good. You're a pro. That's why you're a pro. Uh, one of the reasons. Hey, so the guys were telling me you have some strong thoughts on Milanovic bolting Edmonton potentially for the Indianapolis Colts. What are your thoughts on this morning's news on that? Well, if it happens, and who knows what's going to shake down, uh, my immediate thought is who's going to be the quarterback in Indianapolis? Philip Rivers just retired. Uh, number two is what happens in Edmonton if he goes. Now, the logical choice, if you want to hire a football coach in late January with you know, a lot of the positions full, the, the logical choice is Chris Jones in Edmonton. 
But is Brock Sunderland going to hire Chris Jones? I don't see that happening. Uh, Rod, if I see if if I'm if I'm looking into my crystal ball and I said, okay, who may Brock Sunderland hire? I don't know if he's interested in it. I'm assuming he would be. But remember Jamie Elizondo? He was the offensive coordinator in Ottawa when Sunderland was with the Red Blacks, went with Tressman to Tampa Bay uh, with the XFL. I actually messaged Elizondo today. I haven't, well, just before coming on, I haven't received a uh, reply. But Elizondo, the last I heard, was in the finance industry as a, you know, in San Diego with Northwestern Mutual. So I don't know what's going to happen, what's going to shake down. But if I were to say who I would hire, it'd be Chris Jones, who I think Brock Sunderland would target, it's Jamie Elizondo. And um, what does that mean for the rest of the coaching staff? Does that mean Edmonton may have a couple of more coaches because they're paying Milanovic so much? Uh, but, uh, yeah, football, you just never know. No, and I was, I'm was i less as concerned for Edmonton. There's far more coaches than there are jobs. There's good guys out there, and I was thinking of Elizondo this morning, as a matter of fact, because when the XFL went bankrupt, he was out of a job. So, yeah, very sure. quality candidate, uh, candidate there. By the way, uh, Mo Egger coming up from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati, my new bud. I can't wait for this. But you've done t- – tell me what you're doing to recognize the one-year anniversary of – the tragic instances with the Bryant family. I, I saw a portion of your, is what, what, what would I call it, a video essay? What have you put together here, Arash? Yeah, I think tomorrow there's going to be a lot that is going to be said and posted and, and memories of Kobe Bryant, of what happened a year ago. Remember, the, the helicopter crash happened on the eve of Super Bowl week. I had just landed in Miami the next day. It was going to be media night when the... Uh, when the tragic news came and Roddy Kobe won an Academy Award for a short film called Dear Basketball. And so when we were thinking about some different ideas and some different things on how to commemorate the one year of this happening, I thought to myself, well, Dear Basketball, how about Dear Gianna? Gianna Kobe's daughter, Gianna, who was on her way to a basketball game with her dad and some teammates and teammates' parents. There were nine people who died that Sunday morning in California in that helicopter crash. And looking at it through the lens of what a year it's been. COVID, social justice, civil rights, a polarizing election, the WNBA taking a lead Uh, you think about how important the WNBA players who Gianna looked up to were to the entire social justice movement and having arenas across America open up as polling stations for the U.S. election. So through all of that and the loss of not only Gianna and her teammates, just just young women who wanted to play ball and the WNBA uh, pay tribute to them at their draft. There's a there's an advocacy award in Gianna and Kobe's name. So it's up on sportsnet.ca. It's up on my personal Instagram page, and it's going to be all over Sportsnet Central tonight. It was on the Raptors pregame show yesterday. It's a four-minute video entitled uh, Dear Gianna. 
Good for you. Well, that uh, sends shivers through me just thinking about it. I will be checking it out. And as you know, I'm a regular viewer of Sportsnet Connected. And hey, lastly, before I let you go, big opening on Sportsnet's Tim and Sid last week. Sid Sixero leaving the program to go to breakfast television in Toronto. I've put your name forth. You're welcome. For Tim and Arash. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't oh. see that? <laughs> well, Houston. So I said, but Arash loves his frequent travel miles. He loves LAX. He loves all the plum assignments, assignments that you get traveling across the continent. This couldn't have been easy for Sid. You're so close to those guys. You've co-hosted on many occasions. Uh, this is big news. Yeah, it's very big news. And I'm thrilled for Sid. What an opportunity for him. And, you know, he was with the score. We were all with the score together. And now, you know, it's Sportsnet. And now he's headed over uh, to City across the street. It's funny, Rod, you say uh, LAX. God, feels like a million years ago that I was last on a plane. And I remember doing a hit with you on this show from LAX after the Nationals beat the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm thrilled for Sid. It's going to be interesting because right after I finish with you, I'm, I'm actually at work. I'm heading downstairs to the Tim and Sid studios. We've been doing film study segments with Jordan Palmer, a quarterback consultant who's working with Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. We're doing our film study in that studio. And on Thursday or Friday, the last time I was in there, I'm like, man, they're going to have to do something about this studio. Uh, it's no longer Tim and Sid. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, who knows what the sports world is going to be? Who knows how we're going to cover things uh, coming out of the pandemic after COVID? Um, I like being where the action is. There's no question. I like being at fields. I like being on by the court, by the ice, at stadiums, at arenas. But, uh, Roddy, you know how this crazy business goes. Expect the unexpected, right? <laughs> That's why I wear this bracelet that says one day at a time. As you know, yeah. it works. It works. Sir, all the best in 2021. Can't wait to see your piece. And uh, thanks for the time. Always great. Thanks, Roddy. Sportsnet's Arash Madani checking in from the Sportsnet uh, studios in downtown Toronto. When we come back, ESPN 1530 Cincinnati's Mo Egger will talk some NFL with him. And whatever else comes up, it is the RP Show, Canada's daytime sports talk show continues after this break. We're coming to you from the bunker out here in Western Canada. And we're airing on Game Plus Television, live daily on YouTube. And listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. And the birthday boy, Darren Moose DuPont, has joined us in studio. Hey, just ahead of Mo Egger, for those uninitiated, our viewers that maybe haven't been paying attention since Friday afternoon, uh, and, and Mo's watching, I've been familiar with Mo for a while because he's had a few epic rants on his program down there on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati over the years. But on Friday, he turned the guns on me. And here's a snippet of it that Darren put together. Roll that, Jordan, please. There must be nothing happening in Canada right now. I couldn't care less about Canadian Football League football. Has the Grey Cup been decided? Nobody cares. Anyway, forget about that. Here's Rod Peterson banging on the Bengals uniforms, and my fear is he might be right. But the Bengals? Awful. Again. Why would you change those? I like them. The problem's not the jerseys. It's the people in the jerseys. You fix that, and then you'll be on the road to greatness. 
Let's just distract everybody. Rod Peterson, how boring is the Canadian Football League when what you're talking about on the Game Plus Network in Canada? By the way, he mentioned the Montreal Canadiens. I'm a casual hockey fan. The Montreal Canadiens haven't even been in the Stanley Cup final since 1993. I don't say this to be mean because I love all the stuff the Reds do, but the Reds do some stuff that distracts you, right? Hey, we're not going to be very good, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to have Pete Rose weekend. But if there's a team in sports that doesn't do that, it's the Bengals. In fact, we've been begging the Bengals to distract us. They do the exact opposite of what Rod Peterson up there in Canada just accused them of. They're not trying to distract anybody. They're trying to rebrand. Rod Peterson just talked about rebranding. I guess he went from his radio show to a TV. I never heard of the guy, but he referenced it. They're rebranding. In life, sometimes you got to rebrand. One day, I'll probably have to rebrand. <laughs> Some- okay, that's it. A nice editing job, by the way. And let, quick. Let's go down to Cincinnati now, the heartbeat of Ohio. Mo Egger joins us today. Mo, I appreciate the time, my man. Uh, I hope you didn't think that, oh. that we were going to give you a hard time coming on here today. What, what were you expecting when we reached out over the weekend? Uh, to be flogged? Uh, I don't know. There's nothing worse than listening to yourself. Good God, that's awful. Here's what I do want to say. I don't know who that dude who was on before me is. But I sat here and listened to like a really good, thoughtful, insightful 20 minutes, and now you're having me on. That's funny. That's one of Canada's top reporters there, Mo. But, uh, no, I, hey, we all thought it was hilarious and, and what, what you said yeah. on Friday. And listen, I get it. But how did, how did you find the clip, by the way? How did you find I'm not shocked at all that you don't know who we are. <laughs> I'd like to know how you found us. I, you know, it's funny. I'm sitting, I'm sitting at my desk. We're on from three to six in the afternoon, Eastern time. I'm sitting at my desk at like one thirty, one forty-five. My producer and I had just met to talk about our, and he back to this, goes, goes back to this for his pre-show nap. Uh, and, and I get an email from him and, and literally the subject is some Canadian dude. And, and so I hit play on it and I watched like the first 30 seconds and then I got called away. So most of what you said, uh, when I heard it on the air, that was the first time that I had I had heard it. I think I heard about maybe half of your little, the, the Bengals are going to change their uniforms and still going to suck rant. So I hadn't heard the whole thing. I haven't asked my producer. I, I should go get him. I don't know where he is. I should go ask him how he found it. But he literally sent me this YouTube clip. And, you know, from, from my standpoint, it's uh, 4.45 on a, on a Friday. Um as, as you might imagine, the, the well is kind of dried up when it comes to topics. The Bengals haven't played in weeks. Our local college basketball teams are on pause because of COVID-19. The Reds are having the most boring offseason ever. So I'm just looking for something to react to. And there, right in my lap, fell your little anti-Bengals rant. So really, I should be thanking you. Well, now you know why we're talking about the Bengals, because there's not a ton <laughs> going on up here. But... One thing you did find out, Mo, is that CFL fans are very protective of their league. And also Western yeah. Hockey League fans, I might add. I mean, what about the reaction you've received over the past few days? Back, I think on the on the show, I don't think you had it in your clip there. I think I called it the World Hockey League, which was, I confused it with the World Hockey Association, which we, back in the 70s, we had a team. We had the, the Stingers. Uh 
Yeah, I, I got a lot of pushback from CFL fans, and and here's here's my ignorance. I didn't know the CFL season didn't even happen, which I don't like. But we we actually uh, one of our our favorite guys here is uh, Zach Caleros, who played his college ball at UC at the University of Cincinnati, and and he's obviously gone on to a, a great amount of success in the Canadian Football League. So uh, we're excited for him. The part that I've never understood since I was like nine years old, though, is why are there two teams called by the same name? And I've never had anybody explain that to me. Perhaps that's where you can come in, Rod. Okay, well, because two leagues merged, and they both oh, had this. Gotcha. That's what it was. And it's football. Nobody wanted to give up their team name, so we're all you waiting. Can for... flip a coin or trade a draft pick to change your name? I mean, there's there's ways around this. It, it's... It, it's just it's. For somebody north of the border or south of the border, I should say, it's it's a little confusing. Oh, it was confusing for us. Are you kidding me? How about being a broadcaster of it? It's the Rough Riders versus the Rough Riders. By the way, Craig yeah. uh, Campbell from the Hockey Hall of Fame is watching in downtown Toronto. Can you guys put his comment up, by the way, from oh. Mo? Oh, no. If you did, oh, no. Yeah, from the Hockey Hall. No, it's good. He goes, you can tell Mo gets it by wearing a Montreal Expos cap today, and now he'll yeah. become a regular RP show guest, no doubt. You had that in your closet, Mo, or did you run out and buy it this weekend? Uh, I, I don't know where you would go out and buy a Montreal Expos hat in, in Cincinnati. No, I, uh, I, I had this hat. I've had this hat for like 15, 16 years because I hated the fact that the Expos moved. I hated the fact that they moved that team. But I've never been to Montreal. I have been to Toronto. Um, for the International Bowl in January of 2007, uh, Cincinnati played Western Michigan. I was there for that game. But when I was a kid watching Reds games, you would watch, they would play the Expos. And I know this is going to sound weird because obviously it is a different country, but I would watch those games as a kid and it felt like they were being broadcast on another planet, right? Like you'd have the public address announcer didn't speak English. They had two different ways of measurement on the outfield walls. So I, I always had a soft spot in my heart. They always had good teams. And 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 the hat is also signed by Tracy Jones on the, the bill of this head. Uh, you can see this. My former uh, Montreal Expo, Tracy Jones, you can't see it, uh, signed this hat. I used to work with him. So it's. Uh, I, I figured if I was going to be on in Canada, Canada today, I would I would at least uh, placate the, the audience by, by wearing my Expo's lid. Well, it is kind of another planet. I'll agree with you there. Phil Gross watching. <laughs> he says, this guy seems legit. He's wearing blue, by the way. No. Surprised he doesn't have the new Bengals gear on. Do you wear it? I see well, it hasn't you come out yet. Oh, it hasn't come out yet? Oh, damn. Will you be the first to send it to me? Yeah. Um, no, that would cost me money, but I'll see if the Bengals will. Because you know what? They love me. Uh but you know what, like, here's here's the thing about what you said, right? And and look, there are a lot of teams in professional sports that go out of their way to uh, distract from how bad the on-field product is, right? Like, I think to a degree, the, the baseball team here is pretty good at that. And it, it's not because they don't want you to see the on-field product, but they, they develop a lot of goodwill because, you know, they have a great team Hall of Fame and they... They have an off-season fan festival every year, and they have just – they're really good at fan outreach and a ballpark experience that's great. And so I think to a degree, there are people who focus more on that and less on the fact that the Reds haven't won a postseason in, in 25 years. The Cincinnati Bengals actually never distract you from how bad they are. Um, we always talk here about how the Bengals have no ring of honor, no team hall of fame. They do very little – 
to honor their 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 all-time greats. The, the uniforms, which you know, as somebody who grew up a Bengals fan, I've hated the uniforms for 16 years. I can't stand. I've been talking about this since day one on the air, uh, many many years ago. Like they they need new uniforms, and they never do. They never do stuff that distracts you from the on-field product, which five consecutive losing seasons, they haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. And so the ironic part of what you said is what you accuse them of doing is actually what they never do. They never say, hey, look over here, look at our team Hall of Fame, or look at this uh, off-field festival we're doing, or hey, look at our, our uh, updated new stadium, or, or hey, look at our new uniforms. They're finally doing that, and I think it's a welcome change. But the ironic part to me was that this is actually something you can never accuse the Bengals of doing. And then I use that as a jumping off point to show that I knew that the Montreal Canadiens hadn't been in a Stanley Cup final in 27 years. So that, See, I was excited for that. And you did uh, brush up on some on some uh, researching there. Clark Campbell, a local hockey yeah. referee, writes in, he says, all is forgiven, Mo Egger. You are a real gem. Um, Jeff, the oh, Stampeders, wow. uh, Stampeders fan, says, has the Bengals' new uniforms been released yet? You've said no, right? Mo, you haven't? It's going to be. It's going to be in the spring. No, it's going to be in the spring. What I can tell you is they're going to keep their helmet, which is. Uh, I think most people think that's a good thing. I tend to disagree, but not that sharply. But yeah, the, the uniform. My guess is the NFL draft is in late April, and they'll do something around then. Hopefully, the pandemic is to the point that you know they can do some sort of public event for it. But I can tell you here, it's being met with uh, a great amount of anticipation. And, and in all seriousness. You know, th this is a franchise where there's there's reason for hope because they do have Joe Burrow. And so I, I think they're trying to kind of turn the page a little bit. And maybe this is something they would have done uh, this past season if they could, if they knew they were going to get the number one overall pick. Now that they do and they have a guy that they can build around, I think they're trying to. They did this in 2004 when they had Carson Palmer. They, they introduced new uniforms. Unfortunately, they look like my daughter got a bunch of uh, orange and black and white crayons together. I've never liked them. This is another opportunity for, for them to do something like that. And I think it's it represents them starting fresh with a quarterback that's at least, you know, a, a, from what we've seen so far is is worth starting fresh with. All right. Viewer Lonnie Wisehar Jr. writes in. He says, I listen to Mo every day from my desk. I hope my boss doesn't catch wow. me watching the RP show on his time. So, Mo, look, we'll we'll let wow. you go. We, we do air all across the state of Ohio on Game Plus television, believe it or not. So it may be coming to infect a TV near you, our program. But just right. wanted to – I want to let you know – yeah, go ahead. Well, no, there's two things. Number one, if, if you look at where you're sitting and you're like elaborate set, you look like you're in a man cave. I'm in what basically constitutes a storage closet in our building. So I think we could see where, where the, the, the career trajectories are going. Uh, no, it, it was it was fun that you uh, reached out and had a sense of humor about it. And uh, I enjoyed what a lot of people were saying this over the weekend on uh, on Twitter. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, thank you for for Joey Canada. We love him. So you know we're excited about him. We appreciate Joey Votto. Wish he was you know we could slow the aging curve a little bit. But we, you know, our favorite Canadian import is the Reds' first baseman. We love him. So thank you, thank you, Canada. All right, gotcha, Mo. Thank you, my man. Keep in touch. All right, Rod. Anytime. Let's do it again. Thank you. You betcha. You bet. There's our Bengals insider. Mo Egger from uh, storage closet. It looks like your old. It looks like my old your place. old job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
Uh, hey, before we break, the Kinsman Telemiracle 50-50 raffle is live now. As you know, the uh, jackpot starting at $25,000. First ever online 50-50 in support of Telemiracle. I don't need to tell you viewers, particularly across this province, the wonderful things that Telemiracle does every year. You can purchase your tickets now at telemiracle5050.ca. The RP show is going to be a part of Telemiracle 45, and uh, we'd like you to be a part of it now ahead of the actual televised event. You can purchase your tickets, one for $20, five for $50, 20 tickets for $100 or 100 for 250 The winner will be announced on Telemiracle.com's live stream on February the 27th. Again, proud partners with Kinsman Telemiracle 5050. We'll be right back with viewer takeover and overtime. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, live daily on YouTube, and listen live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You got something to say? You want to add to this show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Oh, boy. Uh, What a day. What a day. Um... Before we move on from Mo Egger, Ray is watching in the six from the 416. He's just tweeted at Mo Egger and he says, not a fan of the CFL, LOL. Enjoy that god-awful team you have in Cincy. At least the new unis will give you some pleasure because the product on the field won't. P.S. Not a bad guy. (laughs) That's from Ray in the six. Uh, From Brady. Happy birthday, dupes. Hope you have a great day. Thanks, Brady. You're off to a great start. Great start. From Leonard in the 536, the reason why there's no fans in the stadium in Canada, I was told that the Americans have tiger blood and Canadians have maple syrup running through their veins. So there's that. I think we're tougher. Anyways, Nelson Hakowicz, our VP of Sim Events, writes in, quoting a tweet from TSN's Matthew Shinitti, Hearing from CFL sources that Scott Milanovic has resigned as Edmonton's head coach. Let me say it again. I said it earlier in the show. The guy has been the head coach of the Edmonton football team for over a year and has never coached a game. Like, where do we go from here, caller? As John Frenzy used to say on his famous radio show. I mean, what do we... And and for those that maybe just tuned in and didn't hear earlier, the Indianapolis Colts have promoted Marcus Brady to offensive coordinator, and they were eyeing Scott Milanovic, and now he's resigned and he's on his way to Indianapolis. So the CFL lose just a tremendous head coach. And you can't even bang on the CFL. I think this is the way we need to send people into the night until we come onto the air tomorrow. Yeah, it's not good for the CFL. It doesn't make the CFL look good. It's not the CFL's fault that they didn't play this year. Unless I've completely misread it. I think you have a slightly different opinion on this. And maybe we'll need to face off on this tomorrow for the Mad Greek and the Ultimate Fan Zone. Because you're saying don't blame the government, blame the leagues. Yeah, for not getting on the field. But, you know, if it doesn't work, it's not the government's choice for you not to play. It's your choice not to play. It's your choice not to play with fans. But it's all... It's, also, your choice not to 
not to want to lose money too. You can't, yeah. you know, always blame the reasoning. But it's at the end of the day, if they wanted to play, they would have played. If they didn't want to play, they didn't want to play. Um, was this going to happen regardless? You know, had they played and then the opportunity came, does Scott Milanovic want to be the quarterbacks coach in Indianapolis? He might get to be the quarterbacks coach for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. There's talk of Aaron Rodgers ending up in Indianapolis next year with the Colts. Would you not take advantage of that opportunity to be there? Tag team with one of the greatest of all time? I would. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I... You took it in a different direction than I was expecting, and that's you're looking ahead, yeah, to the C, to the NFL situation here for Milanovic. I'm looking back at the CFL here. For instance, Mandy is watching in Edmonton. She's just written in with the emoji. Yeah, what? Our coach is gone. Robin Wildey and Prince Albert says Chris Jones will come back to the Elk. Ooh, from our director of scouting, Craig Smith. Wish there was no COVID. Would love to take you for lunch for your birthday. Hashtag media star. I think he's talking about himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. One so day. We'll so go. many people. Todd Pickney writes in. So Chris Jones back to Edmonton. Uh, boy. Well, well, we got something to talk about all week. Yeah. From Cheryl Sweet, host of the RP show. Best sports guy ever. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. All this is going on while we're on the air. Where's Bob Cole? Everything is happening. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says can't see Jones back in the CFL. Well, what I was told over the weekend is it'll be another NFL team or the NCAA for Chris Jones. And literally, are you racing to come back to the CFL right now? Like at the moment, it is not the most attractive option. Ask Scott Milanovic. So anyways, tomorrow, Darren Burns is going to join us. He's the guy that's attempting a comeback to football at the age of 55, former CFL lineman. He'll be joining us from Moncton. Our hockey insider, Jared Dumba, with us in studio and whatever else comes up. Thanks, Dupes. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanks birthday. for the messages, everybody. Thanks, Mo Egger. Thank you, Arash and Will Blackman. We'll see you tomorrow. Facebook Live, YouTube, and here on Game Plus. Let's make some noise. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.